Listener Production. Okay, here we go. He is ice cool in moments like this. Oh, the big fella runs back into heavy traffic. Look at him go! Oh, he's knocked the headgear off him. This is Hello and welcome everybody to the Listener Podcast Footy Talk. Today on Footy Talk, we're talking the Cowboys. They're in free fall after their loss against the Sharks. We'll talk about Nico Hines and if he's done enough to pick himself for Origin 1. Touching on Ricky Stewart and the Jack White News. Hello and welcome everybody to the latest edition of Footy Talk. I'm James Graham, joined of course by Greg Inglis and Connor Watson. It's been a while since we've been in. We missed last week, but uh, I Connor, missed you, Jimmy. I did see you in the airport. Tell us what uh, what you were getting up to, where you were going. Yeah, it was nice to see you strolling through the airport. I didn't. You took a while to notice me. It was like you didn't. I was in the. I was in the zone. <laughs> I was running a little bit late. Earphones yeah. in. Then yeah. Yeah, you made the flight. Yes, just. That's good. Mm. Yeah, we did too. We went to. Uh, Bemiga, uh, Cape York. So right at the tip, we I actually got asked by a friend of mine who'd sort of gone up there and done some um, volunteering uh, before to come and present to the school through um, the charity that I'm a director of, Cultural Choice Association. So we went up there and delivered like a mental resilience, mental health workshop for all the, the young kids, all the senior campus kids. So year 10, 11, 12, so there's about 30 kids up there. And then, yeah, did the we've got the Boots for, uh, for Brighter Futures program, which sort of runs around Indigenous Round and I took eight pairs of the Storm Boys boots. So shout out to those lads. They donated boots to us. And um, yeah, a bunch of uh, Torres Strait Islander and um, Aboriginal kids have all painted them. And they'll be back here next week. So they're getting freighted back down. And then all the boys will wear them in Indigenous round, which is really cool. That's cool. That is cool. Do you feel like you're making um, an impact with the mental resilience training that you're putting out there? Because those kids would be very impressionable ages. And it's an important aspect of anybody's life, but especially when you're that impressionable teenagers around those years, 10, 11, 12. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the age you've sort of got to go get and speak to them at just because they understand more of it. Um, and then they're not too old to sort of be, be past that point where, you know, they might not take anything on board. But uh, I took a heap of Roosters gear up too. So that always helps to, yeah. <laughs> to throw it out. Nah, all, <laughs> like they were all Broncos fans, but I was throwing Roosters gear at them and like they were pretty happy. They weren't fully stoked with it, but, but it definitely helped, you know, get their involvement in things like uh, the way we sort of frame it is, you know, like if, if you add something, if you will speak up and talk about different topics that, that we go over, then, you know, you, you get rewarded for that stuff. So it certainly helps them to speak out because, you know, um, as a teenage kid, you can be pretty shame you don't want to speak up and you know I'm sure you deal with it a lot Greggy through the Goanna Academy it's yeah it's definitely um, enables them to open up a bit more so hopefully we um, we made an impact that's the plan that's why we go and do these things and yeah I mean just the art in itself like we spent I think we're supposed to do it to lunchtime so did the program say like nine o'clock to about 10 and then we're supposed to spend two hours on doing the art and then um, the art teacher ended up basically getting the kids spoke to the principal and got the kids to get out of all their classes and we did it from 10 o'clock to 3 o'clock and they had a bit of Shania Twain pumping up there. They oh, were loving nice. it. Yeah, it was cool. It was how cool to that? be part of. Yeah, how yeah. good is that? GI, how are you going? Yeah, boys, I'm doing good, doing good. Good to be back. You know, obviously sitting at home, um, baby's turning three weeks. 
tomorrow. So, yeah, witching hours that well and truly kicked in from one o'clock to about five in the morning. How are you sleeping? Well, was was never a good sleeper in the first place, but we take it in turns. You know, I sit up probably till about 11 or 1 o'clock and do that feed, and then I'll go to bed, and then the wife wakes up and does the witching hours. So, look, she's uh, she's loving it. She's enjoying it, taking, taking it all on board, changing a lot of nappies, and it's good. It's good, good. Into the football, lads. Uh, Anzac round was a heck of a round. So many tight games. Round nine kicked off. Yesterday, and the Sharks completely blew away the Cowboys, forty-four points to six. It was it was quite strange to see such a a lopsided game. I thought the the Sharks completely dominated from the first set. They scored a try. Um, I think the Cowboys had, had like three mm. touches. Yeah, play one, play one off a scrum. It was poor mm. from the Cowboys. They had a huge effort to to hold on in there. They looked like a, against Newcastle the week before, and they looked a tired team. Is that a fair assessment, you think? Yeah, I think so. I think. Oh, to be honest, I was quite surprised, though, with the score and, and the way it blew out. I thought maybe that win last week against Newcastle might have kick-started the Cowboys' season, but the Sharks, they're just so silky on the edge. Like, they're, the ability for them to use quick hands when defenders are jamming in, it was... Um, it was pretty to watch. And then, you know, the Cowboys' edge defense, I don't think they'd be very happy with that, so... Yeah. No, that's what um, Toddy Payton spoke about last year, right, when it was coming to the end. It's about their defence and obviously him uh, going up there instilling that in that side. You know, obviously the Cowboys haven't been off to a great start this year. They showed glimpses of it, but you can't take anything away from the from the Sharks. They just played incredibly strong, dominated that field position in the first half. Then it just showed it in the back end of the second half, right? So it's interesting to see where they will end up. So what, you've got to lose a few more games and you're out of the top eight, is that right? Mm. Do, do you so, think you put a line through the Cowboys now? Not just yet, no. I wouldn't just yet. Well, who they got for the next couple of rounds, that will give you indication whether you will or not. Mm, they've just not been performing nah. any, anywhere near the, the capabilities yeah. that they, they showed last season. And then, you, you know, Nanai now is looking at a four-game suspension with an early guilty mm. plea. We'll get into that, actually. What were your thoughts on that incident? Look, to get four weeks and going off with that, it was pretty um, pretty light. You, you know, think he's got off lightly there with four weeks? Yeah, with his loading. Like, it was – that one was pretty harsh. That one was bad, right? He will stop moving, walking forward, like, slowly, about to play the ball. They made him stop. He's obviously swung around. His feet have left the ground, and he's pretty much his butt just laid straight on his knees. So to me, maybe six weeks with a downgrade to four with early plead, but just come out and just say four, I think it's pretty light. It, it reminded me of the Patrick Carrigan one last mm. year on Jackson Hastings where it looked like there was an intent to do the hip drop where I think some of them that we're seeing, it's just happening. It's hap- happening naturally where that was, he's, he's purposely left both feet off the ground to a prior pressure to the lower limb of Hamlin Wale in order to get him to the ground and for me it was it was lazy it was frustration it was 76 minutes mm. into the game like the contest was gone well mm. that's it <clears throat> They've got- I, I didn't like the way you know obviously it unfolded but what I didn't like seeing is him backing on the field in crutches or in the leg brace on crutches mm. first of all it's not a good look because you think straight away he's done something major to his to his knee right well, he did his MCL yeah. 
How long? Like, did we know how bad that is? Have they spoke about it yet? No. Yeah, media also depends on the grade, doesn't it? A few yeah, weeks, yeah, at a, least. Co- a couple of weeks. But I, I thought it was a it was a poor attempt from Nai. I know I know he's a young kid, but you can see that he looks to me like he had everything last year in form, like dominating, scoring tries, playing in a good team. He's really struggling to find his his form again. Like it will come. But it almost like that that just seemed like an act of frustration, not just from the game, but also from his he just can't get back to where he was last year. And I think that was it was frustrating. And that's not excusing it. I'm just trying to piece it Ooh. together about why he did that. Mm. Um but I think when you compare it to Carrigan, I think it's fair. Four weeks. Ooh. But the NRL clear they're not gonna stand for this anymore. And and that it, that was totally avoidable, in my opinion. Totally avoidable. Well, you can't leave your feet. That's the one where you yeah. get in trouble there. So they've got Cowboys have got Roosters next week, Dragons, Tigers, and then Eels and Storm. So yeah. Roosters will be difficult. And then the the two after that are the ones that the ones I need to win. Yeah. If they, and then from the back of that, they need to look at can can that kick start their season. But it's been strange. It's been the Cowboys of twenty twenty one, not not the Cowboys of twenty twenty two that we've come to expect. And Chad Townsend, he leaves the field with an ice pack on his calf. They said they'd been carrying it all week, but the the talk circulating was the fact that they think he's been hooked. You think that's fair? He hasn't been performing the way he was, right? It's not just Sully Kibb, but he's the captain up there. He's a halfback, he's a general. But looking at it last night, it might have been just a cover-up of him putting the ice back. And the report, um, commentators were saying as well, you know, he had that little bit of um, injury coming into the game. So I don't know if they got that message back up to him, wherever they were commentating from. You know, he, he just hasn't been performing, plain and simple. You know, for him to perform, well, then the other boys perform, right? Yeah. Mm. Forwards, he gets back off the, off the back of the forwards. <laughs> look, it wasn't his best game last night. No. You know, you, you can solely just look out there and say, but the way they started hasn't been you know, too great, especially from your leader and your captain. Well, I think if that's the case, it's a big statement, like from the coach, giving everyone a warning because if he's, if he did hook Chad and he's the captain, and I think it just shows everyone like, all right, we need to pull our fingers out here because... Mm. He's going to pull the captain off. We better play good, otherwise we're next. Yeah, it, 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 if, if that's right, it's a huge message from Todd Payton. And Chad Townsend, he went up to Townsville, a lot of people predicting him to be in this sort of form mm-hmm. and not have much of an impact. He proved everybody wrong last year. But he's had a disappointing start mm-hmm. to the season by his own standards. He goes back to the club where he won a premiership. You'd expect more from him there and... The try, the Talakai try to start the game at the base of the scrum. Nico Hines starts inside Townsend. The scrum breaks. Townsend allows Hines to skip to his outside that then puts Hickel under pressure to turn in and he just pops it on a plate to Talakai. That, that's poor defense mm. from Townsend and he's experienced enough to know exactly what Nico Hines is going to do to him. He starts in the right position, keeps him on his inside, three on three off a scrum. And then he's allowed Hines to skip to the outside of him, which is a big no-no. And he he got exposed in that area defensively. So, look, Chad's faced pressure, adversity, criticism before. I back him to come back, but he's got a, he's got a lot of work to do. Yeah, and I feel like they need to go back to the style of footy they were playing last year, like the kicking really well and putting 
teams in uncomfortable positions and then kick chasing really well. Like how, how many tries did they score off tries? Like everyone was chasing. Yeah. Nenai was just plucking it out of the air, but it, it seems like they're not doing that this year. Like they would kick to the right side of the field a lot because that was their best kick chase. But I haven't noticed it this year. Like they haven't done it as much. And if it worked so well for you last year, like wouldn't you try to go and do it again? Yeah. You'd think so, but mate, they, they got totally dominated in the field position last night as well. I, I'd need to examine the game again and look at maybe perhaps back three positioning. But the way the Sharks kicked, they pinned them in the corners and then they just couldn't get out of their own end. There was times where they made like 15 meters in the set. Wow. Like they just couldn't clear their lines and they couldn't get foot, whether that's a go forward problem, whether it's where the back three are. Cronulla obviously kick well and chase really well. But the Cowboys just had no answer for it. No. It, <laughs> it was it was like how, how can you let this keep on happening to you? Yeah, well, I thought the Cowboys would have kind of would have bounced back because Cronulla do have that floor in their in their game when it comes late they sort of clock off and when Cowboys scored uh, right before half time that's when I thought but then Sharks came back um, in the second half with the same mindset same attitude you know I think they had twenty five minutes to go and I was thinking Sharks are probably gonna get like fifty plus minutes. oh yeah yeah the way they were playing. Yeah, two Simbins as well. Yeah, and... What are your thoughts on the, not the Simbin, but the Cohen-Hess penalty, the first set of the game? Oh, it was bullshit, to be honest. I don't even think it's a penalty. <laughs> it's not a penalty. Just play on. Simultaneously. So, so he got penalised last week against the Knights for quote-unquote, I'm paraphrasing a little bit from the referee, going through with the tackle. I think this time, Hines was technically in the air, but he's basically, he's gone to put a tackle on the kicker. I'm I'm with you guys. I I don't know if that is a penalty. Okay, what are you supposed to do? You're completing the tackle. Yeah, what are you supposed to do? You come out and give halves or kickers the freeway to do what they want, put it where they want. Mm. Like that's not what we do, right? Mm. That's not what we're being coached at at training at our club lands. So when you go put pressure on, you're not just going to run up there and just be another body. Yeah, you've got to go. You got, you're attempting a tackle. Yeah, and if you, you get that wrong, we 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 know what it looks like when it's wrong. But I don't think Cohen has deserve to be penalised either mm, but no. unless they've had a, a directive come out that you can't do that well, but I, I don't know if I haven't right. heard it yeah, you, yeah. It, it seemed like they've been picked on the last two weeks for that because I've not seen it in other incidences either I think last week was a bit more he was out there getting pressure I think last week the one where he did his legs were in the air like obviously you can see it from last week and carrying it on but last night definitely wasn't warrant for a Penalty at all. I thought that was perfect kick pressure, to be honest. Yeah. Watching, I, watching yeah, it, like, yeah. coaches would be like, mate, that's, that's great. Yeah. That's as good yeah. as you can get. You've, you've, you've completed the tackle. You've knocked him on his backside. You've let him know I'm going to be there all day. Yeah. And it was clean. You didn't put him in yeah. any dangerous position. Wrapped his arm around. Yeah. Wrapped your arm. You wrapped your arm. You, you attempted a tackle. It shouldn't have been a penalty. It shouldn't have been even looked at. Yeah. All right. But well, what do you do? <laughs> yeah, we'll take a quick break, come back and talk about Nico Hines' performance and whether or not he's sealed the origin half spot. <laughs> Welcome back to Footy Talk, a listener podcast. I'm James Graham, joined by Greg Inglis and Connor Watson. Lads, origin speculation is in the air. Not too far away now. Nico Hines, is he in your team? He's definitely in my team. Where? Uh, for me personally, I'd pick him at six. Yeah. I think he's just in too good a form. He was the best player in the comp last year, won the Daily M, and then been 
just as good or even better this year in the games that he's played. And with Jack Whiten retiring, he's definitely going to be in the side now. I think, you know, you could play him as the 14, as a utility, because he can cover multiple spots. And, you know, if they want to keep the combination of Jerome and Nathan, but I just think Nico's in too good a form at the moment to not play at six. Put him in his best spot. That's where he's best at. Do you think New South Wales would be wise to have two players that are playing seven? You think that's... Because I think that's the only question mark is whether Hines can complement Cleary playing six. Mm. I, it's a, it, it is... I know they're similar, but they are different. different. roles, yeah. I think he, the way that Nico plays, like he, he runs so much. And Nathan's very good at organizing and directing and playing on ball. Like if you watch the Cronulla's attack a lot, it's actually Matt Moylan who stands up as the first layer and then Nico plays out the back, which is what traditionally a 5'8 does anyway. So I don't see an issue with picking both Cleary and Nico because of the way Nico plays. Like he plays a different style of halfback to yeah. what Nathan Cleary does. What do you think, Greg? I couldn't care who they pick. Queensland's going to win anyway. <laughs> look, oh, yeah, it's you're up. Coaching. <laughs> <laughs> with, with Nico, it's, you can't really look past his form. Like, he's been the standout player kickoff this season, standout player last year. One thing that I love about Nico, he just goes out there and goes about his business. You know, he goes out there, he knows what to do, he knows how to handle things, but handling Origin is totally different, Beast, you know. He's definitely in my side. Whether I'll put him at six is another question. Be put in there the very game one, very first game of the Origin series when they've lost last year. It's um, it'll be a big move. It'll be a hard decision, but that's what this is about, right? So you as a Queenslander, bearing in mind you want to win, who mm -hmm. would you prefer to come up against? Would you prefer to come up against the combination of Cleary and Luai that lost last series, but they've played together and won back-to-back -back premierships, or would you rather come up against? Nico Hines, who's new on the scene, but the absolute superstar of our game and arguably the most, or you know, one of the top in-form halves. Well, look, for me, it would be, you want to play against the best and that's what you want to do. And right now, Nico want, Hines no, is the best. Nico Hines will be in six. You no, wanna, you want to play against the best. You're coaching. Do you? Do you, you, you want to play, play against the best or you want to win? No, both. You play against the best to win. Okay. So who who you think is, is the best then? Look, I will go, it's hard to look past it. Nico Hines in there at six. That's the way I'll put it. Mm. See, but I, then you look at where, you know, if they want to go with Jerome Luai, what happens then? Does he miss out all completely? Does he come into camp? You I know, think he's because, on the bench if they went that way. What do you think, Jimmy? Or um, you just put Nico on the bench and leave that there for now because they've got that combination. Because Nico can play lock, center, fullback, and 5 eight. I, I reckon so. if, if Nico plays 14, I, I don't know if he gets a run. Mm. Unless someone goes down injured. So would you start him? Well, or would you leave him out? Because he's making a big statement. He is. Just by playing. He is. My concern is, yeah. and Connor's sort of put what my concern would be at rest a little bit, is would Hines and Cleary get in each other's way? Because it's not even in a way when you've got the ball, it's when you don't want the ball and you know the other person needs it. Luai knows when the ball should go to Nathan. Mm -hmm. If Luai's parked himself on that left-hand side of the field, he'd know if Cleary's in a better position than him. So it's what you don't do mm -hmm. as well, which adds to that combination. People think combinations is all about linking up, but it's also it's about not getting in each other's way or getting the ball when the other person should get the ball. It's not even talking to the other half because you know they play. It's just a look up, you trust them, and that's the combination that Luai and Cleary's got. Yeah, and as well, if if they um, if they go with Coruscant at nine, then you've got 
nine, thirteen, six, seven that have all they've won back to back premierships together. Be interesting. It, it's it's an interesting and I sometimes look at Origin and think this is New South Wales' biggest problem, the choice paradox. But Queensland don't really seem to have that. They pretty much know their team, barring injuries, and then it'll be okay. Well, next man up. Where New South Wales consistently year on year, who's going to play on the wing? Who's going to be the halves? And it's a choice paradox, and it creates all this distraction where coach Billy Slater, he knows. He knows what his team is. He's got it pretty much, give or take. We we could be having this conversation about Walsh, about the hammer, yeah, or or about Ponga. But Billy would know. I, I wouldn't know. You'd know. <laughs> Greg, you would know. <laughs> just cough if you know. <laughs> look, it's... Just, uh, is that a tickling? Just, if you know, just cough. Look, Bill... <laughs> Bill's already... Bill will already have his mind, like you said. He's starting 13, and then work on... He's obviously got his 14 already sorted. Mm. Barring injuries and barring how they perform, dramatically, they'll have to perform pretty badly. Bill and the other coaching staff and the QRL will probably would have this meeting, I don't know, three weeks ago to keep an eye on them all, so... Were you in it? No. Three weeks ago, mate. My, I, I, I was then, in the hospital. <laughs> yeah, on, on, just on FaceTime. Sorry, like, just give me a sec. Just give me a sec. <laughs> but, but I do, I think it's, I think less is more. Yeah. And, and, and New South Wales have this problem every single year. The, the choice hurts them. It distracts. It's a drain on resources. It creates questions in the media. I think it hampers them. And I think, New, I think Queensland love the fact that they don't have the biggest bunch of players to select from like even I think back to, to my time when when Benny Barber was killing it in 2012 yeah but they just knew no well Billy Slater's there like we appreciate what he's doing but there's no question yeah no question but with New South Wales these questions come up time and time and time again so I'm still on the fence I, I, I because as well I actually think Luai's been playing quite well yeah like he's not been playing bad it's just Hines is you know continuing this yeah you know all these Supernova moments each and, Jerome, and every week. Yeah, Jerome and, hasn't been playing bad at all. Yeah. It's just, Nick has just taken the next step forward yeah. from last year. You and know, Cody's so. been playing well too. Yeah. yeah. So then, yeah, it's like you said, there's so many options. Yeah, so, so many options. And even when you think of Jack Whiten, like he's retired, but he you know, there'd be settled. a massive push for him mm. to play in the halves as well. Big. And then even that, you you know, you go there, who's going to play, the, who, who's going to be yeah. the centers? Look, I reckon they'll... They'll, they'll stick with their six and seven, Cleary and Luai. But you personally, you'd pick Hines, but you think they'll stick? I think they'll stick. It's hard to go past what Nick has been doing. Put him in at 14. Yep. <laughs> All right. Yep. Well, we're no closer to figuring that one out. Oh, no, I don't, I don't no, Freddie, yeah. I think, <laughs> yeah. Freddie's going to be listening to this going, we just, oh, we just came back in full so circle. What, what do we do? <laughs> what do we do? What does Greg want? What does what he's probably thinking? What what are Queensland talking about? <laughs> GI is given he's given both answers. He said I give I put I put Hines at six and I'd also put him at fourteen. So we're no clearer to know what no. Queensland are expecting or what they want. But it will continue on. Obviously, big news coming out of the bunnies announcing the signing of, of Jack White and a huge coup for for South Sydney. It's a huge statement about where they're at as a football club that they can attract players for less money in order to basically try and win a premiership. I say less money. He's still on fantastic contract in terms of dollars and years. Ricky Stewart and Canberra, obviously disappointed. Hugely disappointed. Will the reaction from that put players off going? I know they've had a hard time to recruit. Will the sort of reaction from the club and him, will that distract from players going there, do you think? 
for me personally, like being a player right now, no, nah, I don't really think looking at, I don't look at him any different to how I did before. I, you can understand why he's so upset. He's just lost his best player. Mm. So he seems like a very passionate guy, Ricky Stewart. And then also you can see like Jack's perspective and, and what he's done. So I don't think it changes. Yeah, from me being a player, it doesn't definitely doesn't change my opinion on Ricky Stewart in Canberra. <laughs> Obviously, there is a big fuss about it. Canberra already knew, Ricky already knew that he was going to open open himself up to the market, right? Him going there and saying, oh, whether he said, oh, I've got to look to sign like mid-season, I'm just going to put myself out there on the market. Well, then that's what you got to look at. With contracts and negotiations now, there's obviously got to be really detailed look into it and how they go about it. Yeah, I'm with you, Connor. I don't think there'll be anyone turned off by somebody, like a player going to play some at another club. You you want to play for a coach that clearly cares about Canberra so much. He's so invested in that football club. I think it was quite powerful to see him, him put a statement out with uh, on behalf of the Canberra Raiders saying just how, how disappointed he was. What I still don't like is I don't like club options for a year and I don't like player options mm. I think you, you're asking for trouble and this is what's happened I think Canberra would have forecast that he was going to stay on and then at 31 re-sign in fact they, I think they looked to lodge a contract for, for next season just thinking he would take over I don't know if the, there was talk he verbally agreed but don't give the player the option because then you end up in a mess where now they've got marquee player their best player their well, highest paid player leaving and everyone else, like, look at all the players that are already signed up for next year. Stephen Crichton was on the market. He'd be a perfect play- person to go after. He's already signed at the Dogs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've never thought of it like that. I cannot, obviously, and you guys would see it, like, as a player, if you have a player option, it's awesome. And then for the club's perspective, if they have a club option, that's also awesome. But, yeah, the fallout of them not being able to actually go and chase people because they thought they had all that money yeah. tied up with Jack make it hard for them mm. yeah because they haven't signed anyone for next year have they don't don't believe so, no, so I don't think so they've got a big war chest they've now. got a lot of money they've yeah. got a lot of money to go after but it's like well, who's, who's left who's left yeah who's left who's uh, out there and who can we get for a good player for good yeah. you know money I, I mm. wouldn't be surprised to see them have a a big play for a couple of the lads over at England at St. Helens Jack Wellsby that came over here and yeah. played so well in the World Cup and also perhaps maybe Lewis Dodd as well so they've done that before where they've gone to England to recruit players over. So, and it worked for them, And, it, and it worked mm. for them, yes. Yeah. So, you know, a guy, a guy like Jack Wellsby, you know, to, to throw Jack Whiten's contract at him would be difficult for him to turn down. Reckon he'll come? Don't know. He's done pretty much everything he can over there, hey? He has, but he's one he's of the last time. Like, it's a good lifestyle to have over there. I, I enjoyed my time. I loved it. Yeah. You know, it's just a um, pity it was the back end of my career and, only there for one year. How's it different, Greggy, to here? It's just a, you know, no pressure, no nothing. Where he comes here, he's expected to perform. Yeah. You know, regardless of what what he's done over there, he's, he has to, you know, we look at, it's like when we go over there and play, you come from Australia, from the NRL to play over in Super League, you expect them to perform. You don't, well, then you're just, you know, just another number that came over on that list. Um, for him to come from Super League over here, obviously a big, big name that we recruited, it's the same thing. He's got to perform. Mm. So the pressure here, he wouldn't enjoy as much as playing footy back home. Enjoy, is that is that right? Yeah, mm. I think as well, like knowing Jack, he, he loves the town of St. Mm. Helens and there's a bit of a different mentality with, 
with people in England and the UK about like leaving home. Yeah. People are a lot more inclined to stay in the town that they grew up. And, and he loves St. Helens. He's a local lad. He's got, he's very close with his lads that he grew up with from school. So, and he's still only, I think he's still only like 22, yeah. maybe 23. Same with yeah. Lewis Dodd. Lewis Dodd, I think he's been ac- active in uh, recruiting a manager over Someone, here to yeah. look after him over here if he does come. So I think that would be more likely. But if you want to try and replace Jack White and like for like, I'd go after Wellsby, mm. 100%. 100%. Hey, um, just on, on other things, in all things sport, the Greek freak questions whether there's a, such a thing as failure in sport. Let's have a listen to this. Do you view this season as a failure? <sighs> oh, my God. Uh, you asked me the same question last year, Eric. Okay. Uh, do you get do you get a promotion every year on your job? No, right? So every year you work is a failure. Yes or no? No. Every every year you work, you work towards something, towards a goal, right? With, which is to get a promotion, to be able to uh, take care of your family, to be able, I don't know, provide the house for them or take care of your parents. You work towards a goal. It's not a failure. It's steps to success. Michael Jordan played 15 years, won six championship. The other nine years was a failure. That's what you're telling me. No, I'm asking you a question. Yes or no? Okay, exactly. So why are you asking me that question? It's a wrong question. There's no failure in sports. Yeah, that's um, the reaction of the Greek freak uh, whose team was upset in the first round. What's his name? The Greek freak. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Giannis. Big, big, Giannis. Giannis. Yeah, yeah. I, that's it. I don't know. <laughs> but it, it, it makes an interesting question. His team were, were heavy favourites going into that tie. They get they get knocked out. Media circus gathers. Ask him that sort of question. But I want to get your guys' thoughts on that and success and failure and and where it all lies with sport. Because you know, the, before a ball's even kicked, ball's bounced or whatever it is, there can only be one winner. What's your reaction to that? I just love his response about it because when people, especially athletes, and they get asked that there, they say, "Yeah, we'll see it as a fail." Instead of looking at the process, what they've been through leading up into that, and he's he said. Um, in that there is, you know, sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. That's just what happens. That's what life is. That's what sport is. But they'll go back and learn it, learn about it, learn where they went wrong in, in that game because they'll look at that season of massive improvements, I'm sure, and then go back and work on it this year. I think it's a great response. And I, I think that's some, you know, if you want to teach kids or younger generations coming through about, you know, the mentality around sport, about winning or losing, you know, they should listen to that. Yeah. Connor? Yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Greg. I, I really like what he said. He, the reporter was fishing mm. and he asked the same question last year. So Giannis was obviously prepared for it. He knew it was coming. Um, yeah, and I, I mean, I like the perspective and, you know, there's that quote, there's no, loss, uh, no losses, only lessons. Yeah. And although like some people would see it as a failure, I think his perspective on like, seeing it as the growth and what they can take out of it for next year is a good one because you don't get anywhere by just sulking and thinking I've just wasted a year like that that mindset doesn't help anyone it's just like a, a growth mindset of okay we weren't good enough this is where we went wrong how do we improve that for next year and yeah it's a it's a good perspective to have on it because I know even for me as a young kid, like when I would lose, I would cry. Yeah. <laughs> like it was the it was the worst thing ever. And then as I've, you know, evolved and grown and got older and I guess I see, 
you know, the world from a little bit of a different perspective to what, to what I did as a kid. And I'm so lucky to play in the NRO. I'm getting to live my dream and, you know, you, you're not always going to win, but just still being grateful to be able to do it and just taking the lessons out of, you know, the, the negative things that come with it, I think is the best perspective to have. Because if you just get bogged down on, we lost, we failed. Yeah. It's not a, not a good way to live. Yeah, I don't, I don't like that word failure. I think I always talk about this um, in the 2017 World Cup final. Yep. England played Australia 6-0. Wayne Bennett said to the group after the game, like, I couldn't fault your efforts there, lads. Like, you did everything possible in an attempt to win that game. Mm-hmm. And you didn't lose. We just ran out of time. Because yeah. there can only be one winner. Like, you, if two teams go at it and play their best, it can be a bounce of a ball, referee a decision... You know, a, a piece of individual brilliance with, without the ball, defensively, in offense. And sometimes you just run out of time. And it's, it's as simple as that. And Can't you don't you don't lose. You, As you say, you learn. There is um, another coach I've listened to, though, where you know, and speaking on your point, Greg, I think it's Gattuso. He says, uh, sometimes maybe good, sometimes <laughs> maybe shit. <laughs> and uh, that's like another way of looking game. at it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think that just about wraps us up for Footy Talk this week. Thanks for listening, everybody. This is a listener podcast, GI, Connor Watson and James Graham. <laughs>